blessed, and you'll be greatly enriched. Can you say amen? Any questions right now before we go forward? All right, let's all stand. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 15. We are on commandment numero ocho. All right, commandment number eight. Amen. Commandment number eight. And um, y'all better soak church up because, um, amen, this coronavirus thing hits. This might be one of our last services, praise God. And uh, praise God. Uh, so uh, we might be having to have uh, do satellite church. Amen. Pastor will preach from his living room and, and uh, we'll do FaceTime, praise God. Hallelujah. And um, all right, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 15. Let's read this together in concert. Everybody ready? Go. Thou shalt not steal. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. We pray that you would anoint this service. God bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Before we go into the details about what it means to steal, we need to discuss just how easy it is to steal. Many of the Ten Commandments are quickly read over by people as things that they would never struggle with. We read about things like murder, and most people, rightfully and thankfully so, uh, think to themselves, I would never do that. That's not a struggle in my life. Uh, but when we come to commandments like this one, thou shalt not steal, uh, the majority of us also would probably say, that's not a struggle in my life. What I can't stress enough tonight is that humans are not by nature deserving of all that we want. We don't deserve everything that we want. And we're not entitled to everything that we want. And there are a lot of things that we want, all of us. There are a lot of things that we need, all of us. And when we think that we deserve anything and everything that we want or need, that is usually when the stealing begins. Stealing is something that humans genuinely struggle with. Proverbs 9 and 17 says, Stolen waters are sweet, but he knoweth, but he knoweth not, speaking of them that steal, that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. There is something about having what is not ours that arouses our senses and distorts our perceptions. Who would ever think under normal circumstances, amen, of stealing water? But the proverbial water uh, script, the proverbial writer says, amen, that if the water belongs to somebody else, amen, all of a sudden it becomes sweet, amen. And water, amen, that belongs to somebody else can now become a very real temptation to us. When we consider the sin of Adam and Eve, uh, it is a sin of theft. Adam and Eve had both been told specifically what was theirs. They had been told specifically what they could eat from. In fact, the scripture used the word freely. Conversely, they had also been told what wasn't theirs. They were told directly by God, you can freely eat of all these trees, but you cannot eat of this one. This one is not yours. And what they were, amen, and what they were not able to do, or at least not willing to do, was obey God's commandment. 
But if stolen waters are sweet, I can't imagine how much sweeter is stolen fruit. As we've been discussing in our last several lessons, one of the objectives of the Ten Commandments was to establish a stable society. This Eighth Commandment, amen, drop pins one of the most important cornerstones of a stable society, and that is this, that individuals have a right to private property, and that no one, neither an individual or a government, has the right to take away our private property without due process of law. Uh, We try to keep politics out of the church, but I want you to know the statement I'm about to make is not a political one. Amen. You, as a human being made in the image of God, are entitled to private property. That means a car, that means a uh, sweater, that means a house. Amen. You are entitled to private property. And anybody that believes that government should own all of private property and that government should be able to collectively take away private property, amen, is not thinking with their head on straight. Amen. Uh, You are entitled to private property. Amen. And nobody has the right to take it away from you. That is stealing. Amen. Governments can steal. Individuals can steal. Collective bodies can steal. Amen. But when God said, thou shalt not steal... What God is saying is everyone has the right to own something and to possess something that nobody else can take away from them wrongfully. Can you say amen? In fact, the biblical perspective is that a person's possessions are not an accident and neither are they the work or of chance and luck. Amen. First Chronicles 29 and 12 says, both riches and honor come from thee and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Proverbs 16 and 11 says, all the weights of the bag are his work. Amen. Some of us right now may feel like you don't have a lot. Let me tell you something. That's the work of God. Some of us may feel very blessed. Let me tell you something. That's the work of God. There have been times in my life where I was broke. I was real broke. Amen. I was flat out broke. Amen. And I'll never forget one time going before God and complaining and crying and wondering, God, what is going on? This is not right. This is not fair. And I remember the Lord taking me to the scripture and, and reminding me that all the weights of the bag are his work. If you're in a time of need, if you're broke as a joke, amen, there's, there's a lesson to be learned there. And just know that just because you lack the resources you need right now, it doesn't mean that God has forsaken you. It doesn't mean that God has taken his grace away from you. It doesn't mean that God has taken his blessings off of you. It simply means, amen, that God is working something else out in your life. And you'll never know that there's more things important in life than money until you don't have money, amen. And Jesus said that if you want to be ruler over much, you have to learn how to be faithful in the little things. There's only one way to be learn how to be faithful in the little things, and that's to have a little bit. Praise God. And when you have a little bit, you start learning how to be faithful with that little bit. And before you know it, God starts increasing you and blessing you. Amen. And making you a ruler over much. Can somebody shout amen? Somebody give God a hand praise right now. Amen. All the weights of the bag are his work. Amen. If you're blessed right now, if you're financially prospering right now, number one, I want you to know that's all right. Number two, I want you to know nobody has the right to take it away from you. Amen. Hallelujah. As long as you didn't get it by ill-gotten gain. Amen. It's yours. Amen. But don't ever forget 
Amen. All this that I have, this is the work of God's hand. Amen. And if this is the work of God's hand, the first question I ought to ask myself when I secure the bag, amen, is what does God want me to do with this? Uh, amen. What? How would God have me to manage this blessing? How would God have me to, amen, administer this blessing? Uh, what is this blessing for? Praise God. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we need to learn how to praise God in the good times uh, and in the times of need. Amen. We can't get so shallow as Christians. Amen. That we only shout when the bag is full. Amen. And, we'll, and come on, somebody. We can't be shallow Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Psalms 145 and 16 says, Thou openest thine hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. And holy in all his works. When we steal, we are not only taking what belongs to someone else, we are taking what God gave them. If the possessions of an individual are the work of God's hand and you take them, you are essentially taking from God. Whether they are doing good or evil with what God gave them is not for us to judge. If it is not ours and we take it, we're stealing. I didn't get a big amen on that. If you take something that is not yours, you are stealing. You are stealing. And uh, some of you might think that I'm, I'm cruel right now. Amen. And I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll bear this brunt. Uh, but it's never, too, it's never too early to teach your kids. That there's things around the house that don't belong to them. It's not theirs. It might belong to mom. It might belong to dad. It may belong to their brother. It may belong to their sister. And if they, there is no bigger thief in the world than a two-year-old. Between two, two to five, they are criminal. They steal things. They take things. They hide things that are not theirs. They break things. Uh, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds. Amen. I'm, it's never too early to teach a child. That is not yours. Put it back. Give it back. Say sorry. Come on. We, where do you think God expects you to start teaching your children not to steal? Amen. There are things that, amen, I have two children. There's things I buy for one. It does not automatically mean it belongs to the other. Amen. If my wife buys herself, amen, a pair of new shoes, whether they're Payless or Prada, they do not, they, my daughters are not free to slap them on and run around the house with them and, and mistreat them. Amen. It's not theirs. Amen. It belongs to their mother. And if their father owns something, praise God, amen, they're not free to take it without asking. I'm still preaching good right now. Hallelujah. And we do good to teach our children boundaries. We're helping them. We're not hindering them that we might be hurting their feelings, but guess what? Life is going to get really real, and I'd rather hurt my kids' feelings than have somebody else hurt my kids' feelings. Amen. Hallelujah, because there's some people out there that will hurt your kids' feelings without any mercy. Praise God. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Stealing has levels to it. Stealing has levels to it. And tonight I only have enough time to cover a few of these. Number one, there is stealing by force. Stealing by force. I am going to say something that um, might surprise some of you. Uh, number one, the Bible is against stealing. You actually do not need the eighth commandment to establish the fact that God teaches uh, uh, or that God has prohibitions or 
uh, uh, commandments against stealing. Many theologians, several, and I don't have time to explain to you why, actually believe that this eighth commandment is in reference to human trafficking. They actually believe that this is in reference to kidnapping or human trafficking. Uh, it goes without saying that of all the things we could steal, stealing a human being by force for our own selfish use is as dark and as sinister as it gets. But this is a problem. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing international crimes of our time. Over 40 million people are currently trapped in some form of human trafficking. America, America has a lot of work to do. The Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott said in 2011 when his state was gearing up to host the Super Bowl, he said the Super Bowl is the single largest human trafficking incident in the United States. Did you know that every time we have the Super Bowl, human trafficking goes up? And I know that we have children here, but I'm just going to say this. Every time there's a Super Bowl in a city, it is estimated that somewhere near 10,000 prostitutes are shipped into that city. Amen. Where they are having the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, I got more than plenty reason to preach against, amen, organized sports. I'm not preaching against the kids playing pop or, or doing their little thing, you know, at leisure. I'm not preaching against that. But what I am preaching against, amen, is these, 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 these sinister, amen, uh, this revelry that takes place, amen, uh, at the highest levels, amen. And I want you to know that as far as America is concerned, the United States of America, these events, amen, are, are surrounded and filled with all manner of debauchery. Amen. And, and then the halftime shows, amen, are just as sexualized. Amen. And there's nothing but rioting and drinking and sexualization of humanity. And all outside the Coliseum and the stadiums, there are thousands and thousands of women that are being subjected by force. Amen. Amen. Into human trafficking. People, we... We here have a lot of work to do, amen, in the kingdom of God. American Christians have a lot of praying to do, amen. We have a lot of stands that we still need to take, amen. Amen, I'm telling you right now, it is wrong, amen. It is wrong on all levels, uh, amen. And, and, and I feel bad for any church right now that is canceling their service, amen, just to, amen, because the soup, because they don't want to contend with the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, amen, is, is not going to stop me from worshiping Jesus, amen. We're going to go ahead and have church. Come on, somebody. And I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but we're talking about stealing tonight. Amen. And if you think that spirit is not in the air, it's in the air. And I have an obligation as a man of God to lay a flag in the ground tonight. Amen. And declare in the word of the Lord and in the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. That there are a group of people left on the earth that believe that is wrong. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. One in every six runaways in the United States reported that they were trafficked. Currently, California ranks number one in human trafficking. We, we try to pride ourselves as being so progressive, sophisticated, educated, and not Facebook, and not our major universities, and not eBay, and not Google, 
and not our Wi-Fi and not our and not our uh, uh, not our Ubers and not our not not our not our progressiveness is saving us. This is the dark side in the underbelly. People, education and money doesn't take care of the monster under the bed. People need Jesus. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Amen. Stealing by force is wrong. Kidnapping is wrong. This was going on during the Bible times. The apostles had a strong conviction against it. Uh, you will even read where the apostle Paul talks about the people who go to hell. He says that one of them, the, the King James calls them men stealers. These are people in the Bible days, if, if, if two people got together, amen, or a group of people got together and decided that you would make a good housekeeper, amen, or that you, could, uh, you, you might be good to take the place of their ox and cleaning, and cleaning up their land, they'd kidnap you. And the Apostle Paul says this is unacceptable. This is wrong. And whoever does these things is going to hell. Don't get quiet on me. This is, we, we one of those churches. Yeah, amen, hallelujah. They're going to hell. Armed robbery is wrong. Amen. Highway robbery is wrong. Amen. Aggravated assault and robbery is wrong. Amen. Thieving is wrong. Stealing is wrong. All these things are wrong. Amen. And, and, and especially when we hurt others and harm others. Amen. Hallelujah. These, these forms of stealing are totally unacceptable. It is not okay. Not even for our five-year-olds and our nine-year-olds and our two-year-olds to bop their brother over the head and take something. It is not okay to push, to grab, to punch, and to take. Somebody say praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we have an obligation. You know, and some people might say, Pastor, you're preaching hard. You know, in my imagination, I could just see Noah living in a godless generation and constantly having to keep the world off his kids, constantly having to tell them, we ain't doing that. You're not going to behave like that. You two cut that out. We're going to go back and build the ark. We're going back to doing what God called us. But we can't let that. I'm telling you, there's just days your kids are going to come home from school, don't matter if they go to a Christian school, a public school, if they're homeschooled. Praise God. There's just days they're going to show up and they're going to have a bad spirit on them. Amen. And you're going to have to handle that. You're going to have to help them work through that. You're going to have to, you're going to, that's why I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like our kids don't need to be discipled. Amen. I'm not going to pretend like our kids, amen, don't need to have hands laid on them. We need to pray with them. We need to pray for them. Amen. We need to talk to them about baptism. We need to talk to them about getting the Holy Ghost. I don't want my children being criminals. I... I spent half my life being a criminal. Amen. I'm just going to tell you right now, I was mama's baby. Amen. Uh, I'm still mama's baby. She still thinks I'm tenor. I don't know how, how old she thinks I am. Praise God. Amen. But, but my mom, God bless her. I love her. Appreciate her. But she just had a hard time spanking me. She had a hard time grounding me. She had a hard time disciplining me. And at 13 years old, I was already going to juvenile hall. She just made all kinds of excuses for why I hit people, took things. He's just a boy. No, he's just a small criminal on his way to jail. Oh, she's just feisty. No, she's on her way to jail. And parents don't want to think like this. and They think it's all overboard. And it's all overboard. Amen. Nobody ever gets to sit with pastor in the, in the office over there when, 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 when the overboard went overboard. Stealing is wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, stealing is wrong. Stealing is wrong. 
Stealing by deception or devaluing is wrong. So we talked about stealing by force. But I want to talk to you about stealing by deception and devaluing. Proverbs 11 and 1 says, A false balance is an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. In the Bible times, people would go to markets and they would, they would buy things. Uh, but there was a lot of, the market was a tricky place to go to because uh, there's just, today's market is a tricky place to go to. And the market then was just as tricky as it is now. But one of the things that happened in the market was people ripped each other off all the time. And because we are talking about agrarian people, people who deal with uh, animals, livestock, fruit, vegetables, and all these things, um, they usually had to weigh things. There was a lot of weighing going on and scales and balances. And uh, a lot of times what, what, what would happen is when you would go to the market, you didn't actually deal with money. Uh, sometimes uh, you had to actually trade in an item to get a coin. Get, to get some sort of a coin that represented money. It was called a weight. It was a weight. And I could give somebody, you know, $10, and I'd get a, 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 a coin that weighed a pound. And I could go to any of the sellers, and I could say, I want a pound of rice. And he would put what looked like a pound of rice on one side, and I could take my weight, and I would put it on the other side of the scale, and it should balance out. What a lot of the guys who were selling rice started doing was making what the scripture in, in Proverbs calls a false balance or an unjust weight. So they'd say, the guy selling the rice would talk to the guy who sells the coins and say, hey, listen, I'm going to make you a deal. You change the weight of that pound so that I don't have to put as much rice and I'll give you a little cut. I'm still going to get paid for a pound, but I'm only going to give him a quarter pound. And all you need to do is change the weight of that, that coin. Well, the community clapped back, said, we got a better one. We're going to pay the guy making the coins more than you're paying him. And we're going to have him make us a coin that weighs a pound and a half. And the rice guy is over there stocking the, the rice up, thinking, oh, man, this, these pounds are getting bigger every week. But see, that's what happens when people start stealing. This guy steals, this guy steals back, that guy steals, and all of a sudden, a decent person can't even buy a pound of rice. Stealing is viral. It's contagious. And God says, an unjust weight and a false balance is an abomination in my eyes. What is God saying by that? God is saying, amen, do not devalue people. Do not be dishonest. Amen. If something is worth $10, pay $10 for it. If something is worth, there, there's a scripture in Proverbs, I, I can't even think about it right now, but it, it talks about people who go to the marketplace and they tell the guy selling stuff, they, they say, it is not, it is not. And then when he walks away, he laughs. In other words, what it's saying is there was people that would walk up to the market 
And they'd say, how much you want for that? And the guy would say, I want $10. Ah, it ain't worth that. It ain't worth that. That's not worth that. That's not worth that. And they would talk the guy down. And finally, when the guy talks him down, he takes it. He walks away and he brags to his friends. Look what I got. Talk that guy down. We should be honest in our dealings. We should not devalue the property that somebody is trying to sell or the pro- or the or the possession. If they're telling you this is what I want for it, then just give it to them. Just give it to them. I'm not getting a big amen on. That's all right. You can go ahead and keep stealing. Just keep stealing. Praise God. We're going to see what's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get through those pearly gates. Amen. And I'm telling you, a $2 deal ain't worth it. And talking some somebody down is not worth it. Amen. If something is worth something and you know it's worth that, then just pay that. And I'm not actually, yeah, that's right. I'm not preaching against if you know something's not worth something to not talk somebody down. Everybody thinks it's funny to talk somebody down until they get talked down. Talk everybody down and then you want sticker price for your shoes on Craigslist. You can't do that. Talk everybody down. And then you want market value for your jacket that you wore 10 times. But you deserve sticker price because the sticker's still on it. Let's just be honest people. Let's just, you know what? Let, let me tell you this much. If God blessed you one time with a pretty jacket, nice pair of shoes, good car, he'll do it again. You don't have to cheat nobody. You don't have to steal nobody. You don't have to do nobody wrong. Just pay up. Just pay up. Just pay up. And if you can't pay up, then maybe you don't need it right now, praise God. And there, that's, that's, that's the real test. There's just times we have to say, you know what, I can't do that right now. Amen. I'm sorry. I can't give you your $12. I got 10 Amen. That's all I got. I can't do it. Maybe it's not time for me to do it right now. Okay. I'm going to move on because I don't know. Praise God. Uh, people probably want to go home now. Praise God. We, we got a long way to go tonight. Amen. They're stealing by extortion. Now, the modern term of extortion is to, to actually to, um, to get money out of somebody or threaten them with violence. The classic, the classic definition of extortion is when people in authority charge excessive prices for things that people must have. For example, right now with this coronavirus stuff, you have people that are selling masks that at one time went for 50 cents. They're selling them right now for as high as $1,000. Listen, number one, we have to pray for the Chinese. We have so many Chinese brothers and sisters, it is not even funny. This is, when I heard about uh, the situation they're having over there, I was genuinely worried for our Chinese brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, there are so many Christians out there trying to do their very best to live for God in an oppressive, amen, situation. And I'm telling you, there are Americans right now taking advantage of those people, saying, you know what, they, they, they need these masks. They can't even get them, amen, and I'm going to sell it to them. This is extortion, people. I don't, that, this, this, this is stealing. I believe in capitalism, but I believe in conscious capitalism. We need to be conscious. And, and there's not a penny in the world worth, worth devaluing another human being over and taking advantage 
of another person's need. If you know that that person needs something, you don't try to get an extra $10 out of them. Or God forbid, an extra 1000 And we have to be careful. Because in market societies like ours, you'll be told, people tell you, hey, man, this is what you got to do. You got to buy low, sell high. And then, and then need creates wealth. And that, that's all good and dandy for the market. But we're not talking about the market. We're talking about morals. We're talking about morals. We're talking about being honest people, good people, just Christian people. We're talking about not stealing. I'll give you a perfect example of this. In Matthew 21, 13, Jesus is in the temple, and they're selling pigeons. The Bible says there was money changers in the temple, and they're selling pigeons. And in Matthew 21, 13, you know the story. Jesus throws the table over, gets a whip, starts throwing everybody out of the temple, and he says unto them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Why is he saying that? Because every year, Jews from all over Jerusalem, from all over the world, would come to Jerusalem and they're trying to just be good Jews. And if you're going to go to the temple, you bring an offering. Amen. I didn't get a big amen on that. If you're going to go to the temple, you bring an offering. But what do you do when you came from 7,000 miles away? You have to buy your offering there. And some of these offerings were obligatory. And so guess what? There is a bunch of people that decided to post up in the church and say, I know if you want your sins forgiven, you're going to need one of these little doves. So guess what? Normally, these doves go for a dollar. But I know you. You're not from here. So guess what that dove costs now? You want to get close to God, huh? Hundred dollars. Jesus says, you've made my house. As far as Jesus was concerned, Jesus, you, you should be giving those away. You, you should be giving those doves away because what I really want in here is the sound of prayer. I want somebody who came from a thousand miles away to say, I'm so glad that somebody helped me get closer to God. I traveled from so far and from so wide that I might just touch the God of Israel. My parents, you know, you, do you realize that for some of these people, they would only enter into Jerusalem once in their lifetime. For some of these people, it would, they, they, people were dying at 40. Amen. By the time you're old enough to make the trek by yourself, amen, you might only get to do it one time in your life. And here there are guys hustling. And God says, Jesus said, you've turned my house into a house, to a den of thieves. You know what people's needs are. You know they have to pay money to do this. And you're, you're charging excessive prices. Come on, we're talking about stealing. We're almost done. Last but not least, and there are millions of ways of stealing. 
But last but not least, we're going to talk about stealing by non-payment. Malachi 3.8. Here's the verse no one likes. (laughs) Malachi 3.8. You can steal from God. The Bible says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even the whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall be no room enough to receive it. God says, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is mine. You would. God says you're stealing from me. You're stealing from me. This, this, and this is why I tell people, you know, truth be told, our tithe, and if you don't know what a tithe is yet, I'm just going to make it really plain because I'm going to keep preaching this until Jesus comes back. Can I, can I be very honest with this church? It's, it's just us tonight, but I want to be very honest with you. Uh, a tithe is 10% of your income. It's called a tithe. It is 10% of your income. It is 10% of your... I, I don't even like the word income. I prefer the word that God uses. It is 10% of your increase. Because my daughter doesn't have a job. But if she, if she gets a $20 for her birthday, she has been increased. And if her grandmother leaves her... inheritance, she's been increased. And whatever increase she receives, she is to tithe on that. That's the word of the Lord. I'm not, that is the word of the Lord. And let let me tell you something. God specifically says what the tithe is for. He says that there might be meat in my house. In other words, God is saying that the tithe goes to cover the expenses of the of the church. And and you know you know what God told me? There are people that would rather give you a building check than to give their tithe. Because in many cases it would be a lot less than their tithe. But you know what that does? It loosens the devourer. And it loosens the curse in the church. And so I'd rather struggle until I can convince every single one of us to tithe. So that we can get rid of the I don't, I don't want a building pledge. God don't want a building pledge. God just wants to tithe. And if we tithe, and if we give our offering, there's no need. I promise you as your pastor, it'll be a rare day. I, I, don't, even like, I don't even think fundraisers are fun. We will not do fundraisers around here. I don't like that. I'm not going to have you sell tamales, make cookies, cherries, strawberries, chocolate-colored strawberries. We should just not be stealing from God. We should just not be stealing from God. And I'm not, I'm not here to rag on any of y'all, okay? I'm just letting you know. If we take care of God's business, God says, come try me. Come test me. Some people think I'm testing them. I'm not, I'm not testing you. Amen. I'm just letting you know. God said, come test me. Amen. Come prove me. Come see. Come see what I can do. And God says, if you put me to the test, I will open up the windows of heaven. And I will pour out a blessing that you do not have room to receive it. 
and I'll rebuke the devourer. In Acts chapter 5, there is a man and a woman named Ananias and Sapphira. They got a piece of property inherited. It was given to them. And they sold it. And they, and they withheld a piece of it. And then they gave what was left over. you're giving. Don't do that. Just be honest. Just be honest. Be like, man, this is the third. I'm thirding right now. I'm sorry, pastor. My faith's not there. I don't know. I just, right now I got fourth faith and this is 4%. You don't even got to tell me because actually I don't even look. But I'm just letting you know. Just give God what's his. Just give God what's his. Just give God what's his. And you know what I'm going to tell you, Brother Jesse, there was even times in my life, amen, where I backtied. There was times in my life where I messed up. I didn't give my tithe. I didn't even mean to. And you know what I did? I gave my 10% and 5 more. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you I'm just not going to take anything that's God. I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal. Proverbs 3 and 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Here's the beautiful part, folks. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. When you give, it's going to be given back to you. When you give, you're going to be blessed. Amen. Your, your shovel's not bigger than God's shovel. Amen. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you that whatever you give God, God's going to give it back to you, and he's going to, man, he's going to fill up. He's going to fill up your barns. He's going to pour it out on you. He's going to bless you. Somebody say yes. Amen. We could steal by way of non-payment. We need to pay people back the money we owe them. Psalms 37, 21 says, The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. I know I'm probably going to upset somebody. We are not helping the next generation by forgiving their college loans. That would not, if you borrowed the money, 
And, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what the real problem is. I'll tell you what the real, I'm, I'm not making a political statement. I'm just telling you, you know what the real problem is there? Is that there's all kinds of people that had to flee those holy lands. They didn't get it out of the land. They worked hard. They, they paid with blood, sweat, and tears. And can I tell those of you that I'm Amen. And it doesn't matter what, you know, I'm going to tell you uh, honest truth, and God honest truth. You will be more of a human being, more of a person, more driven, more blessed, yeah. more everything when you have skin in your game. Right. When you say, trust me, when you pay a pretty arm and a leg, amen, for your education, you're going to get, you're going to get a job. Right. You're going to wake up every morning after you're done with school and you're going to be like, man, we, we, this is going to work. We're going to make this work, praise God. I may have to be the engineer at McDonald's, but I'm, this, degree will, this degree will be put to work, praise God. But, but uh, shame on us, amen, when, when, we, when we make somebody work hard, intensively, strenuously, and then say, hey, it's all free. I am currently looking at generations of young people, amen, and I think it's dishonest that are actually going to school with no intention of paying anything back. Amen. And this is not, this is stealing. And you might say, well, and, and that's the thing is that we're, we're like, well, it's these big banking institutions. It doesn't matter who it is. Give Sally Mae her money back. You don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. These are not political statements. I'm telling you, when we borrow money and we don't pay it back, this goes for people with credit cards. We got to pay back our credit cards. We don't just borrow money from credit card companies and borrow, 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 borrow. I personally, I have a family member who gets a new credit card every few months, cashes it out, keeps the money, doesn't pay it back files for bankruptcy, and goes and gets another one. This is wicked. This is wicked. If you, listen, I, I want you to know the Bible actually makes uh, all kinds of exceptions. The Bible makes all kinds of exceptions. The Bible says if you don't have money to pay back, don't, just communicate with your debt, with your, with your creditor. Let me tell you something. Very early on in Brother Prado's Christian salvation, I just thought 19% was a great deal. 19% interest. I just thought, man, this is a blessing from the Lord. 19.75. Done. Hey, young people, if you ain't never learned this, let me just tell you something. It does not matter what the monthly payment is. You want to know what the interest rate is. You want to know, amen, for how many years. Amen. If they try to sign you up for seven years at $72 and 90% interest, you don't want that. That's a bad deal. That's a horrible deal. That's extortion. <laughs> They're stealing from you. Amen. Don't do that. Look at your neighbor and say, don't do that. And so Brother Prado had some, Brother Prado got hustled. But, man, we almost done. I know you want to go home. You don't want to hear this. I know people, people are, I didn't think y'all would, praise God. I had a brother in the church, sold cars, said, brother, I'll get you a car. I said, man, look at God. Went down to the Chrysler dealership and 
paid $100 for a pigeon. <laughs> I was just feeling so blessed until I was still paying for that car 10 years later. Don't even have it anymore. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't get to just write that off. I put my name on that. I don't think the guy that did that to me was, was a good Christian, but I'm not going to follow his example. I'm going to pay it back. And you know what? It's made me a better person. It's made me a better person. Every time my wife reminds me, it, it makes me a better person. It's made me a better person. Paying off your debts makes you a better person. Teach your children to pay back uh, their debts. Amen. Teach, if you owe somebody money and you can't pay them back, let them know. Just tell them. Just say, hey, you know what? I, I don't want to. I don't, I, I'm sorry. I borrowed money and I can't pay it back. I don't want to ruin. And don't do that secret like, hey, I'm sorry, and then wait for them to forgive you. Just say, hey, you know what? I, I got in over my head, but brother, I want you to know. Sister, I want you to know. I'm going to pay you back. I got you. I got you. I'm going to, I, but I don't want to, I'm sorry that I even put our friendship at risk. I apologize to you. Please let me pay you back. But don't owe people money. Turn around and then post a picture of you at a four-star restaurant. Taking selfies. This is not okay. This is stealing. Pay people back their money. Pay your parents back their money. Somebody say amen. Okay, we're almost done. It's getting hot up here. It's not the light. We can steal from government. Romans chapter 13 and 5 ESV. Here we go. I'm going to stop here when it's all said and done. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes, to whom taxes are owed. Revenue, to whom revenue is owed. Respect, to whom respect is owed. Honor, to whom honor is owed. Don't steal. Don't steal. 